Yo, yo, what's up, my people? Welcome back for another episode, playoff edition of the All Things Bengals podcast with the homie Drake on this lovely Friday night. Drake, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, bro. I mean, first playoff episode, so, I mean, this is is crazy, bro. I mean, facing the Ravens back-to-back weeks, how you feel about it? I feel good, dude. It's super fucking cool to be able to face the team two weeks in a row at home. Like, I I would love to get stats on how many fucking times that's happened before. I mean, it's got to be low 15 times at most ever. Right. Yeah, because you, you got to think, like, the way the NFL in particular, I mean, well, one, because, you know, division games play one home, one away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, damn, I didn't think about that, especially being a division game yet. It doesn't happen a lot where you play back-to-back home games or even two home games against a division team in the same city. So um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was – no, it was was my guy Chase, I think. Um, So apparently this is the first, like, Sunday night on 8. Like eight thirty since maybe thirteen is it twenty third or it's twenty. I I yeah I remember that I saw it said twenty twelve but then I also heard it was twenty years ago, but I was like twenty years ago. I yeah. felt like we may have had like that twenty twelve type of game. He said Pittsburgh. I remember seeing that story. Yeah, well, nonetheless, it's crazy. Yeah, what was the Pittsburgh? I, yeah, I don't even remember. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know either, bro. I I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'd have to look it up. He said right. twenty twelve. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. But like I was saying, that's still crazy. Like 10 years, we haven't had a single fucking home Sunday night football game. I mean, that's ironic, bro. Like, all we were still good for many years in the early 2010s. We couldn't get one? <laughs> Man, I mean, I think maybe, maybe it was just uh... – I mean, obviously, the NFL hates small market teams. We've talked about before, but yeah, like Andy Dalton, God, that I mean, we love Andy Dalton, but man, what this prime time game is rough. I mean, just he's got to be the worst of all time. Literally, he's got to be the woke, bro. He's got to be the woke. Him <laughs> this year in fantasy, I was so mad because like he was killing it. I you might remember the game. He had like. 200 yards, like one or two touchdowns in the two touchdowns first half, and then the second half just completely unfolds like two or three picks. I'm like, it's just you can't, you it's like, what, what the fuck? You can't even put a thing on it, but it's so blatantly obvious in front of your face that this dude's heart rate, he's got to piss his pants. When the lights are on, like this dude has to piss. He's got to be so scared to play this bad, bro. Like you hear of guys like Joe Burrow that they gauge their heartbeat and it doesn't speed up under the lights. It's got to speed up a trillion miles an hour for that dude. I mean, he's five and 19, I think now in primetime games all time. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, he was five and 17. That was before one night game. Then he ended up having another one. And yeah, bro, he's you know infamous for that shit. But what was I gonna say, man? I felt like I was gonna say something about Andy Dalton. 
I don't remember. Fuck. I felt like, um, yeah, whatever. I will say I've kept my Andy Dalton, uh, lucky elf out all season. So really (laughs) superstitious, bro. (laughs) Well, I was actually talking to my barber was it the other day. And, um, I asked him, I was like, so have you cut Joe yet? And he was like, no, bro. Like, I think it might have been since November. I'm not for sure. But he might, you know, Joe might be a little superstitious himself. So, about his hair. Uh, he, dude, that makes me think, man. If he don't cut his hair, like, it'd be fucking epic. You know, I mean, people know, bro, that I want to see long hair Joe. I just think that'd be bro, if 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 that happens, I am taking full credit for my post blowing up on that because i i mean like i literally like I oh won't... yours was awesome but bro i posted one like a year ago oh you did yeah i did too so that that same one i posted like a long ass time ago i didn't make the graphic a guy i know made it really but... oh i made it bro damn all right guys listen we got a collision here me or drake who made the long hair joe burrow post first i'm kidding but dude, yours was fucking fire. It was way better than mine, even though mine was good. But um, yours was super fire. But nonetheless, bro, like long haired Joe would be fucking dope. Ditch the beard though, bro. His beard is fucking ugly. I'm sorry, bro. So listen, so listen. We were t- this was off air, obviously, guys. But uh, we were talking about editing earlier. So what are the odds you think that J- you don't even have to give me odds, but like. Do you think at some point in his career he will go to long hair Joe? Just for, I oh, think yeah. Yeah. Think it, yeah. Absolutely, bro. There there's gonna be a point to where Yeah, dude. I mean, he had it for some time. Growing up, there's pictures of him with hair like LSU, not like crazy long, not like Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. But absolutely, bro, like get that wave going. You know, like not even Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers little ponytail shit, but yeah, bro, get, get a little something going. Like, get that hair grown out. Do it in the summer. Like, even though it sounds, you know, contradicting for a traditional simple guy like Joe seems to be that, oh, you know, it's hot. Why would I have longer hair now? But, bro, the bitches want to see it. The, <laughs> the dudes want to see it. Joe, get your long fucking hair back. I know you're listening to this episode, Joe. Fucking grow your hair, bro. Come on. My, my barber is not going to be happy. He already said to me, he's like, you trying to get me to lose business, man? I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no bro. I got you. <laughs> That's funny, man. Oh, hey, I, I do remember what I was going to mention, though. So I don't know if you saw this post today or roaming around Twitter. Um, a valuable source, though, Chris Rowling. I think he writes for uh, bangles.com, whatever the fuck. But there was this dude. Facebook, dude. Ah, oh, Bengals Facebook. Just the greatest fucking thing of all time. Um, this dude made a comment today, okay? This is today, guys. After everything we've been uh, blessed to have with Joe Burrow, this guy said, I miss Dalton. Burrow is cocky and arrogant, and I don't like it. I saw this. Can you believe that exists? I mean, it. you know... I've seen a lot of crazy thoughts like that on Facebook. I think a lot of Twitter people know this too. Um, <laughs> yeah, Facebook. I don't know. So that that was on Twitter. That one was on Twitter. Yeah. 
Yes. So that I mean, I get I get the love for Andy, but at the same time, there's people out there. I was thinking this when I did see that tweet. I was like, it's kind of sad that like there is people like this, but like there's people out there that are so like unaware and unknown to the fact of like an uneducated like they don't mm-hmm. know the difference between someone that is cocky and confident like joe is quietly confident like he yeah. does someone that's cocky and you know not to point fingers obviously but like a guy like baker mayfield i always i always made that comparison when when Baker was in Cleveland and Joe was still young in his career, obviously still young, but, um, you know, like first, second year, I was like, listen, like the difference between Joe and Baker, like Baker is cocky. Like Joe is confident. Joe's not going to talk before the game. Joe's going to talk after the game. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I think just thinking off the top of my head, yeah, one of the biggest deciphering factors with arrogance and cockiness is um, acknowledgement of things beyond yourself. I think when you're arrogant, you're so focused on just you, just your abilities, and as if you're the only person in a room, right. as if you're the only person with skills, thus your skills are just going to completely obliterate any other opposition skills against you. That's arrogance when people are so one-sided most players are not arrogant when they're professionals like that because the league they're in most guys are not but some guys are and i really can't point the fingers on a, of a ton of people being blatantly arrogant but of course there's times of arrogance but that's kind of shit talking but bringing it back with joe absolutely he's not arrogant bro and you're right like he should have unequivocal confidence why should he have unequivocal unequivocal confidence? Because look at what the fuck he's done. Look at who he is. Look at what he's overcame. So it's like when yeah. people can't decipher the two, like I think people have to understand that. That no, that's that's not the perfect description of arrogance, but one sidedness exists with arrogant people. And Joe is not fucking one sided. Bro, what does Joe talk about when they talk about the opposition? The opposition. He doesn't talk about himself against the opposition. It'd be different if uh, a reporter was like, okay, Joe, how do you feel about uh, the Ravens game this Sunday? If Joe was like, <clears throat> you know, they're just going to have to prepare for me in this offense. Uh, you know, we're going to come out guns a-blazing and we're attacking this way, blah, 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 blah. And then dismiss the other side, that's arrogance. But what does Joe do? He says, hey, that's a really good team. They're well-rounded, really good defense, very disciplined high-standard, high-morality team. I guess morality's in question. You know, specifically heading into this game on how dirty they were or were not. You know what I'm saying? He always does that, bro. So, like, when people act like he's arrogant, I'm sorry, but they're just – they're not talking about arrogance. They're fucking ignorant because they don't know what the facts is about arrogance. Like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm going to go on this quick, quick little concept real quick as well. Like, another thing that really annoys me is, like, when people – especially in spaces, bro, for how often you're in spaces, you hear fans talking shit. And when there's shit talking, there's hella nonsense pretty much all the time. That's what shit talking is, nonsense. Um, And what comes up with that a lot lot is excuses. And what pisses me off is like in spaces when you're around or anything in general, people think everything is quote-unquote an excuse 
the difference between a reason and an excuse is accountability. And people can't decipher the two. They think just everything's an excuse. Like a player says, oh, they were dirty. Well, that's an excuse. No, that's a valid reason. Okay, how can you justify it being a reason? Express accountability for yourself. You know what I mean? Like right. just thinking about like arrogance and excuses and reasons. I'm sorry. They're just something I think about a lot because people can't decipher the two. So bringing a full circle back with Joe, absolutely he's not arrogant. And if he was, I wouldn't want him to. Don't be arrogant, bro. Be as confident as you can be, but don't be arrogant because if you get caught slipping, there's you're going to deal with that fucking backlash. Yeah, and I mean, Joe knows it. I think the fans know it. Um, the people that play against him know it. Like, it's not cockiness. It, it's <clears throat> not... It's not any of that. It's preparation, you know? Uh-huh. And, and you can tell, you know, when you got one of the smartest guys in the league on your team like that, like, you know, people people can say what they want. They can make up their own narratives like, oh, Chase carries Burrow or McPherson. Like, like, like I've heard McPherson carried Burrow. Or, Bro, I've heard it all. Bro, yeah, you I've, could imagine in the spaces. Like, I've heard it all. And, and that, yeah. that's what comes with being one of the best in the game is you're going to hear it all. You're going to hear everything. Like, that, that's yep. just what it is. And, you know, I I just – I don't I don't understand the hate for Burrow. I mean, I feel like he's honestly – if he really just – One of the most likable dudes. One of the most likable dudes. Like, if you watch his press conferences, like, he's so respectful in the way that, like – you know, he talks and it's like, I like the way that you made a comparison in that, like how he could come out and just basically talk crap or, mm-hmm. you know, he could come out and, and praise the praise the other team, which like, you know, you can see the difference this week, which I've noticed like the Bengals. If you, if you've paid attention, like Jamar Chase said one thing, right. Mm-hmm. They have not said anything since i mean mixon said a little bit of chirping nothing much but then you got the ravens they are just full head of steam pissed off right now they are just like in their feelings like because they know their little brother right now and they know they're at a massive disadvantage (laughs) yeah so like i and i just i don't understand like the fact that you just pay a guy a hundred million dollars before a playoff game like if anything like Bro, if anything's as little as like bulletin material to like get a get a guy like Burrow fired up, like, oh, I want I want a hundred plus on my next contract. So let me let me show you why. Cause like Roquan Smith, I was looking at the stats. He actually, um, if I if I'm not mistaken, he gave up the most yards like in the air last week. So it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was Joe Mixon, actually, that I think had a lot of yards in the, the receiving game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that that's one thing I've, I've enjoyed this season is, like, and, and I don't understand why it took so long because, like, early in his career, I was wondering when and, you know, why. We saw the screen plays in his rookie season. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think Joe Mixon's rookie season was one of the – the most fun things to watch just because, you know, we didn't have a lot to root for. Um, but yeah, man, like the way that they've got Nixon in the past game this year is special, especially P Ryan. Like I think P Ryan in this playoff run 
can really be a big factor because you got to think, bro, like P Ryan is fresh. P Ryan's P Ryan's fully healthy. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's all you can hope for is guys be fully healthy. Mixon seems to be, you know, hopefully fresh. I mean, not really been, they've not been putting too much Mixon. I feel like, no, no, you know, and you got to be smart with that. I think Zach's been very smart with that because, you know, you, you look at the way the season starts to now, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, like it can start off rough. And we we've talked about this before. Like, we we just so might happen be the team every year that we might start out slow and we might just get hot everywhere towards the end because there's teams that start off hot get cold at the end like we just might be that team so um yeah man i'm hyped for the playoffs the ravens um i'm sure you want to talk about the injuries and and all that news because it looks you know the big one i'm sure everybody knows about it but yeah man and you know apparently still uncertainties at the ravens starting quarterback positions uh away yeah, man. Um, yeah, so we can just go ahead and get into the injuries. Uh, some Looking at the Ravens, they had a lot of DNPs this week because they're dinosaurs, um, the Baltimore dinosaurs, the Baltimore Mark Andrews, whatever you want to call them. Um, same thing. Uh, they got old boys that have to sit up, you know, lay on the couch during the week, you know, make sure they're good to go. Um <laughs> Might be saw saw something pull up real quick. I'm in my car recording this episode. Make sure everything's straight. But the guys that are going to be out for Sunday are cornerback Brandon Stevens, backup, um, bum ass wide receiver Tylen Wallace. Uh, every receiver is preferred to as bum ass for the uh, Ravens first. Um, so bum ass wide receiver Tylen Wallace, um, and of course the big one Lamar. Um, as I've been talking about in my episodes this week, keeping up to date on the post at all times. Um, Lamar's out. There's really not a ton more to talk about it. Um, He ended up coming out with the insight with his injury last night, which I think was commendable of him. I think it was the right thing to do to give peace of mind because it was causing a lot of mayhem and people to run in circles when the reality was he was at the center of the circle all the time. And if he just spoke up, things would have been quelled. So he did that. He said, yo, I got a grade three PCL sprain. Uh, something maybe with the MCL, whatever the hell, extreme swelling, he's not going to be able to make it happen. And, um, yeah, man, so this could be a massive rabbit hole we could go down. But with Lamar out, some surface-level things, what impact do you think that has for this offense heading into this game? I mean, we've seen it, you know, just with the Ravens in general. I mean, it's deja vu. I mean, he's pretty much their their soul to that team. I mean, when you don't have a guy out there that really gives you that image, um, and you know, it, it's gonna take some time to heal that too. You know, not you're not come come back fresh straight off. For, but I heard um, months for real. Yeah, like from some doctors. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you can only hope for the best for Lamar. You know, I've always. Had a lot of respect for Lamar. Um, Me too. I, I love Lamar as a yeah. player. I do. I hate him as an op, but I right. love him as a player. Right, right. So, um, you know, you, you obviously want everybody healthy when you play these playoff games. I think 
any any true fan knows that they want us they want to see a great game um but you know the effect of it like i mean it just it has huge effect but you know i i've heard a lot of people try to try to make the comparisons of huntley and, and lamar and i i get it but at the same time it's disrespectful because it's like you can't you can't assume that like okay baltimore can let a guy like lamar jackson just walk and assume that a guy like Huntley is yeah franchise. everybody knows that's dead yeah that that ain't a fucking thing they all right. know that right right so it's just like I, people people can make up whatever lamar jackson well, Drake, isn't it funny now, bro, that those same people that were trying to start a narrative that maybe Tyler Huntley can form into something in the case that Lamar's no longer here are also the guys that are battle crying that Lamar's not there and Tyler Huntley has to start. Right. So it's like, oh, my God, you know, the guy we were just championing could become something. Now we have to start with Lamar. I think they should start Anthony Brown again. Like, dead ass. Man, I that that was rough. and. We'll pull some we stuff. all want that. We want to see Anthony Brown again, please. <laughs> I know but, that. Well, bro, not not to cut you off too much, but you may have heard this in the space. Look, and I also want to say this. For how often we mention this Twitter spaces, guys, if you're not in them bitches by then, it is fucking crazy. You guys follow me. You follow Drake. You probably follow Zim Hude. Zim Hude is a pretty hype dude. He's a big character, big Bengals personality. He is um, a good dude. And he is in Twitter spaces with me, other hype, high-energy, knowledgeable people, and super knowledgeable. I like to consider myself somewhat knowledgeable about Bengals football. Plenty of other way more knowledgeable people than me. You guys got to hop the fuck in there. That's a promo for y'all. But um, I got a bit sidetracked with my point. Um, oh, oh, but I was saying in Twitter spaces, bro, yes, wh- however the fuck it happened, this happened. Anthony Brown threw for 290 yards. It sounds crazy, but he did. Okay. Yes, he dropped back hella. Yes, if he Ravens fans are saying, but he had, you know, four turnovers and then, well, three Sammy Watkins, you know, pulled a Sammy Watkins thing. And then literally four drop picks, like straight up. Eli, <sighs> Drake, did you see it? Did you see the ball? Go if right I, through Eli's hands, bro. You want me to be completely honest? I mean, I had such beats, but like, couldn't yeah. see it. I understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't see it. So, that, yeah, that's just it's okay, bro. It'll just make you mad if you saw it. Look, <laughs> not not to get too sidetracked, but we talked about this. I said I've been saying this pick is coming from Eli because he's been in position. I as I said last week, four weeks in a row. Now it's five. The past five games, he's had a ball in his hands, and he's fucking dropped it. You know what they say, bro. If you can, if you don't have hands and you want to play wide receiver, where are you going? Cornerback. I can tell damn well Eli Apple was in that scenario. I bet he wanted to be a wide receiver, get the football, then coaches realize, bro, this dude cannot fucking catch. Cornerback for you, and it's showing, bro. The ball went right through his hands last week. Drop. Jermaine Pratt had the tip. Dropped it. Logan Wilson had a ball in his hands. Dropped it. Uh, who else? Um, there was uh, 
uh, uh, Zach Carter. Remember that one by Zach Carter? Almost picked it off. Uh, he yeah. he batted it up and it yeah fell yeah. out of his hands. Yeah. So yeah. yes, bring it back a bit. Anthony Brown had a lot of a turnover where he plays, but Tyler Huntley threw for what was it five hundred sixty eight yards in the past four games he played. Yeah. Like, I- is that the guy who you want to try out there? You know what I'm saying? I have those stats. So his, I think in the last five games, I believe. Um, yeah, five games. Um, he the most passing yards he's thrown for a game is 187. That's so cute! Wow, that's <laughs> crazy, dude. Yeah, 658 in the last five. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I just, dude, you know me. I like. <laughs> You've heard this shit I've been talking the past week and a half. I can't even say it much anymore in the Twitter spaces because, like, I just keep going back to I, – I claim that I own these stats, you know, about the Ravens touchdowns and the wide receiver catches and the passing yards and that's man. But it's like, bro, these Ravens fans, they keep talking about the defense. And I get it, as you should, because, you know, that's all you got. But they don't want to talk about the passing game. And I'm like, why? Talk about it. Poking, I'm like, come on. Let's fucking, let's talk through X's nose, bro. They just want to dismiss that part like it don't exist. But let me tell you something. We know that offense has scored 10 touchdowns the past eight games. We know uh, Tyler Huntley has thrown for, what was it? 600, whatever the fuck, shitty yards in the past five games. Like, they, they don't score points. Their greatest kicker of all time. He he can't even get further enough down the field to score. 16 points is the – or 17 points have been the most points they've scored, Drake, in like six games. They can't score, bro. They can't fucking score. That's crazy. Like, just their offense without Lamar, I mean, it just – they're bad. And they've not been able- – Even with Lamar, the past three games like, with them, they right. couldn't score. Yeah, I think it – I think, like, was it last year? I think, like, Luana Rumo, like, really figured him out. And it, like, really, like, blueprinted it for the rest of the NFL for the rest of the year, if you paid attention to it. Like, Mm -hmm. he had kind of a rough year ending it last year. Like, after we kind of figured him out. So, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, Lamar's a great quarterback, but, you know, he has his tendencies to where he's going to have his flaws. you know, I mean, you hope, you hope that, like you said, you hope for full health that you know we can play against these guys. But you know, you can't, you can't help that. Like the the Dolphins have Skylar Thompson coming out. You're playing against the freaking Bills Sunday. Like, yeah, it, bro. It, hey, I, I was mentioning this. Um, and of course, it it's up in the air now with whether uh, Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley. We'll start, but I'll just go with this hypothetical in the Ravens case uh, because I think Anthony Brown should actually start because I think he gives them the best chance to win. So think of this, bro. When in NFL history has there ever been, what, let me think, uh, three teams that have had not just backup quarterbacks starting, but third-string quarterbacks starting. Three teams have third-string quarterbacks starting in the playoffs, bro. How crazy is that? I mean, I, yeah, that's ins- unheard of. Unheard of. I mean, I, I really hope somehow, and 
you know, I doubt it, but gosh, what would it be if Skylar Thompson just Miami's coming back to Cincy, boy? That's all I fucking know. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Damn. Yes, sir. Back. Actually, wait a sec. Wait. Um, uh, I don't know if that'd be the case. Uh, we if the Chargers would win. Wait a second. We would actually face the. I may be wrong. Jaguars, because if the Jags would win. I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. We won't even worry about it till we get there because, look, bro, Skylar Thompson's about to get his ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, it sounds fun, bro. We <laughs> talked about it in the spaces. Uh-oh. That Dolphins defense better literally go New England December God mode on defense <laughs> if they want to win. Like, I'm talking like, which, as crazy as it is, we know Josh Allen has had horrible, horrible, horrible turnovers. Remember when he fumbled at his own one? Trying to be a dumb fucking like dive for some stupid shit or whatever the fuck. It can happen. But I'm talking they got to score two touchdowns on defense. Like, and they got to flip the momentum massively because, bro, I don't think Skylar Thompson's getting over 10 points. I don't, bro. Yeah, man, it's rough. It really is, especially if you don't have a guy like Brock Purdy who's been able to – Kind of come in and you know win, so that dude. And, and it's also even more cool that he was Mister Irrelevant. So that just that makes yeah. it, makes it better. Absolutely, man. Like, n- not to go down that rabbit hole much, but right now I think the Forty ers are the best team in the league right now. And the reason why I'm pretty confident with that, bro, is because here's the deciphering factor: their offense is such a juggernaut. It is so well ran that you can just plug and play a fucking quarterback into it. How rare is that, bro? You, The Bengals cannot plug and play a quarterback. Joe Burrow, if we don't have Joe Burrow, I don't want to breathe, let alone, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just be like, hey, Brandon Allen, go ahead and put up 35 for us. Like, can it happen? Sure. You know what I'm saying, though? Right. Like, we can't do that, and the 49ers can't. So, that is a well-oiled machine. Over there in the fucking West, bro. Uh, we're probably going to see him in the Super Bowl. But that's definitely for a later time. Um, look, man, I know that we are talking about the landscape with uh, the offense, without Lamar, with the backups. Let me add the Bengals injuries really quick because they're small. Then I want to get into some of the X's and O's of what we can expect from that offense in our offense and et cetera. So Bengals injuries, um, unfortunately, the past couple weeks, well, past – couple full games we've played gotta always add a, add that in there anymore um it sucks you lose your two best run blockers uh l and alex kappa um look man i was telling people i think the alex kappa injury reminds me and is gonna have the landscape a lot of cheeto it's like this you have a top guy top three to five at his position in Alex Kappa, just like with Cheeto. And you're going to have a backup come in that you have some confidence in, and they are going to be able to hold the line. No, you're, of course, you're not a good, you're not going to get that elite style of play. You're not going to get it. Like Max Sharping's not going to give that to you much. But just like CTB has stepped up, 
Max Sharping is going to step up. You know what I'm saying? So the last, that's the landscape landscape I see it playing as. Both both spots, actually. Hakeem and Max. I, I think it would be awesome to see. And, yeah, I agree with you. I, I have, like, we've, we've talked about intuition. I got a, a confident, intuitive feeling, like, we we can we can really hold it down. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I know we had the this the scare last year, but that's what you know. Going through that and learning from that really benefits. So, oh, absolutely, bro. They've been here and 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 they know. So, you know, these guys, like I said on my Twitter, I'm sure Alex is is eating glass right now for for his uh, recovery, and I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be back soon. Like like I reported, um, you know, he unfortunately, as of right now, expected to miss all of the playoffs unless Cincinnati makes it to the Super Bowl. You know, hey, hey bro, hey, I'll get back to you. I got a fucking bitch ass cop on my ass, bro. I'm parked here. I'll, I'll get back to you. You're fucker. All right. What's up, bro? Stupid ass ops. Hey. I'm going to say this off top. I'm going to keep that end of the first segment in because that was actually kind of a cool experience. Um, So, obviously, with me keeping this in the episode, you guys heard I was fucking recording, sitting on the side, you know, of the road, um, and cops pulled me over while I was actually sitting in the back of the parking lot. Um, I I DoorDash frequently. So, I'm out here you know, sometimes and I always get annoyed. Like when I park on the side or some shit, and like a fucking cop just comes up to me. Like it just annoys the fuck out of me always, every time. So I get pissed off. Like I did on the episode and, um, dude, it's actually kind of cool. We were like talking Bengals football for like a minute or two. Cause, <laughs> um, I told him I was recording a podcast just off top. So they have no worries and shit. And, um, they're like, Oh, you know about what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, Bengals football. And they're like, damn. Oh, that's cool. They're like, aren't you on, uh, or, are the Ravens on their third string quarterback? I'm like, that's funny you asked that because that's actually what I was spitting about for he fucking pulled me over or <laughs> got me how I was saying they should be starting the third string. It was just kind of funny, bro. Like we were talking back and forth for a minute or two. And look, guys, above everything, the cops are just doing their jobs. I know it seems annoying. However much one, you know, fucking may hate them, whatever the fuck. I got some family that's cops. And it's like, look, dude they're doing their job. Like, you know, I was parked, you know, behind a building near a fucking neighborhood and supposedly somebody called probably bullshit, whatever the fuck, uh, and said they were worried that I was going to be a fucking, I was breaking in or whatever the fuck. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you know, I'm about to break in to these fucking Ravens on yeah. sun, Sunday night. Yeah. Should have said like, yeah, I am breaking in officer. About to break my foot in the ass. Of these Ravens players. No, nah, I would have gone to jail. <laughs> but dude, get this guy fucking handcuffs. <laughs> I bet, hey man, I'm recording for the fucking behind the bars. We're gonna have to say free beat things, man. <laughs> free beat things till it's backwards. The big man, you just gotta let me out for the Sunday night game. I'm right. Kidding. That'd right. be wild. But yeah, man. Um so what were we talking about? We were talking about... I remember. So, um, yeah, I was talking about Alex Kappa. So, basically... Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically what I was told, um, as of right now, obviously anything... And we've seen it with these injuries with guys like Hubbard and, and you know, obviously 
different, whatever the severity of of it is. Um, but Kappa, as of right now, um, it's pretty pretty definite that he's going to miss all three of these playoff games potentially um, mm-hmm. up until the Super Bowl, obviously, is his best as of right now. But, like I said, anything can happen from time. Very, very good that, you know, looking at that injury very well could have been an ACL, and, and he got away from that injury not being ACL, obviously being his ankle. And apparently, um, you know, it's it's not – it's not broke from, from what they say. It's not broke. It's just uh-huh. really, really bad sprain, but, yeah. um, you know, no structural damage, but obviously, um, you know, anything can happen, you know, that, that, that ankle can swell up. Anything can happen. You know, I was almost thinking, you know, what if, what if they gave him the shot, you know, he comes out and, and pushes through it in the AFC championship game or something like that. But, you know, you don't want to risk something like that because you know, bring a guy in like that in that game. What if he can't play the Super Bowl or just exactly right? Yeah. Right. So, I a lot of- when when you'll need him right for the Super Bowl, bro. Because I'll just add this really quickly because I know you're spitting. You're going to see a premier defensive line of the Super Bowl, no matter fucking what. Forty ers Eagles, or possibly the Cowboys. So, like, for sure, got to have your best people out there. Yeah, man, and I mean, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, we've had, you know, two guys go down on the right side, especially the, the mm-hmm. line really killed us last year. But, you know, you look at it with positives and you look at it from different lens. Like, I, I'm honestly confident. Like, I, for some reason, I'm confident. I think it, it really just helps the story more. It makes the story look better, especially just because we dealt with this last year. We dealt with the narrative, you know, Cincinnati's offensive line. Yeah. The, the right, the right side. I mean, we, we saw it, you know, the right side was the reason why, you know, if Joe Burrow had that, that two seconds, he would have hit Jamar chase or, you know, one okay. second. So, you know, yeah. it's tough and, but, you know, can't dwell in the past. You gotta keep moving. And, you know, we hope the best for Kappa. Um, he is doing good. Um, obviously I think a lot of people have seen, you know, he's in high spirits, you know, going out and practice on his, on his scooter. And that's another thing he's, he doesn't need a cast. He is in a boot. So yeah, that, that's good too. Absolutely, man. And, uh, I, I actually wanted to add to that, um, with some, uh, of the profiles on Hakeem and Max Sharping from the little bit I know of their play to give some people some peace of mind. Look. This is nothing like last year. Nothing. Hakeem Adeniji has taken a really good promising step forward as an overall player this year, and particularly playing outside at his natural position, right tackle that he always played in college, always played in high school. So he has much faster feet than Lael. Lael's problem, he, in my opinion, my perception, my perception was that LaL was starting to take a decline like Quentin Spain last year. Just older. They're older players. LaL's injury history, he was not quick laterally anymore. He got beat all the time. That's why they lined him up four feet wide 
you, you remember those seeing those splits from Alex Capital to L. Collins? Yeah. They did that so he could get a better head start because he can't get there. That's why, bro. So, like, they would line him up out wide. They do it with Hakeem for confidence-wise because you don't want Hakeem to worry about not being able to get there either as an inexperienced guy, at least in this league at playing there. So they they would put Lael out there, and he would all – so many times, bro, he'd be over-lunging just to try to reach a guy to throw his body in the way because he couldn't get to him to even set a block sometimes. That was happening more and more and more the past three games for Lael, I remember, obviously, until the unfortunate injury. With Hakeem, you don't have that. You don't have the speed problem. You don't have the lateral quickness problem with like you had with Lael. But, of course, you don't have the straight-up strength and power. Once Lael got his grip on you, you were anchored the fuck down. There were very, very few plays that Lael like, you know, would lose a rep straight up by getting bull rushed. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like... <clears throat> Once I get my hands on you, it's over. But when I got my hands on you, and that was less often with Lael, that's more often with Hakeem. But Hakeem has a tendency to get happy feet. You guys ever pay attention to some of his reps? He's he's um, shuffling really quick, really quick. And so it's kind of both sides of the extreme. Lael was sloggy and slow, couldn't get out of the brakes fast enough anymore at this time of year. Hakeem's super fast. Hakeem can still get beat by a lot of traditional moves. So that was a bit too long of a spiel. Simply put, Hakeem has values that are going to help this team that Lael could not provide at this time of year. But, of course, run game, you're going to miss it. Hakeem is not Lael Collins. He's still one of the premier pass-blocking right tacklers in football. Still, or uh, run-blocking, I'm sorry. Hakeem won't be able to do that, but he'll be competent. Now, quicker with Max. He has been a quality player at times. He's had 32 career starts in 48 games, 42 games played with the Texans. Um, interesting number is that since 2018, Alex Kappa's um, pass block success rate, or I think that's wrong, Something with 97.3% for pass block success. Something like that for Alex Kappa. Max Sharping was 97.4, which is really interesting. And a lot of people wonder, well, then if Max is so good, why was he waived? Well, he's not a world beater. I'm not saying he's not. But he's not bad at either pass blocking or run blocking. What I learned from, um, I forget who was talking about it, but Max when he was claimed by us this year, like I said, for a lot of the people that are saying, okay, well, if he's so good, then why was he, you know, dropped and picked up by us at 31 in the waiver wire order. He had $2.7 million attached to his name this year in the waiver wire. At that time of year in the waiver wire, no team wants to pay that unless they absolutely need to. None. A lot of teams couldn't afford it. You know what I'm saying? Cause they situated the cap. They signed all their rookies. So, like, that was at the time of year to where you have, like, no legitimate money to, to just throw. You know what I'm saying? Right. We did. That's what's the luxury about staying patient, staying within the confines of your standards and your um, traditional ways of operation with the Browns 
of keeping eight to twelve million dollars available every single year. This was it. This is the epitome of that discipline that they've shown for so long. Of saying we are going to make sure that we are prepared for it whenever an emergency comes. Okay, here's your emergency. You have a guy that's filled in for your best lineman, a top three to top, a top five to top three right guard in football, top ten guard certainly. Alex Kappa, what is Max Sharping going to be able to fill in his place? And I think that is going to be good enough for both guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of good things about Max, and I hope that he can play good. I mean, we need it, um, Hakeem especially. I think these guys have a chance to really show who they are. I mean, we, we've talked about it, guys, having to – to build a name for themselves and really come from out and come into the spotlight. So, you know, I, I'm really happy to see these guys get an opportunity, especially on such a big stage. So, um, you know, hopefully they can capitalize and make the most of it. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. You know, the, I, I didn't know that the whole details of uh, paying the $2 million, I think, especially if you know the, the skill set and you know they they must view this similar to to a guy like Quentin Spain possibly even better so um, oh yeah yeah he's better than Quentin Spain yeah so that should make fans confident you know what I mean so a lot a lot of love Quentin Spain and you know rightfully so but um to to see a guy like you know sharping um to really come in and that, that would be a hell of a story come from a losing organization um you know play a backup role the whole season then your like, <clears throat> op guard goes down and then you have a chance to come in make a name for yourself possibly i don't know if he's on a one-year contract left i'm sure that's the possibility but like you know mm-hmm. come out ball out maybe make some money for your next contract so yeah yeah, I mean, he's fairly young, too. I think he's like 27 or 28. Possibly. 27. Yep, only fourth year. Yeah, he was a 2018 second-round pick. Oh. So this was not just some random dude, you know, coming off the streets in his career that's had to, you know, build completely everything. Not saying that that's not as valuable as now, but this is a highly touted player coming out of northern Iowa. And, uh, yeah, this is what it's all about. Like I said, I'm summing it up to, okay, here's what for so long fans have complained about. Why don't we get this guy? Why don't we get this guy? We have this cap space. We have this number, that number. Why don't we spend all of our money? We spent our remaining dollars on this. Let's see how they ball out now. And, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. That's very specific how I use fine, though. Look, to turn it back to this Ravens game this week, there are no elite pass rushers on this football team. Not one. There are a couple good ones, a couple fine guys, decent. They are uh, some really good run um, uh, run stuffers, I should say. Calias Campbell, Justin Metabike, and uh, Travis Jones. They're good guys along that interior, um, and they could pose some problems for the O-line. Uh, but man, I think it's a good time to go ahead and get in some some of the X's nose here. Ready to go ahead and hop into that? Sure. All right. So 
Look, we'll we'll go ahead and um, we'll start it with the Ravens offense. Uh, then we'll finish it with the fun part: the Bengals defense versus the Ravens or all Ravens. Motherfuck, Bengals offense, Ravens defense. So, first, the Ravens offense. Some things that we can expect from them: look, tight ends and running backs. Okay, run the ball, pass the ball to your tight ends. If they could operate without wide receivers, trust me, they would. I think we all know that, bro. They yeah. they would be the first team in NFL history to completely obliterate the wide receiver position from their entire franchise because they have never drafted a more successful one than Marquise Brown. Crazy. I Do mean, you understand that? That's, that's cr- how bad they are at drafting wide receivers. You know what? I'm sorry. Torrey Smith, because he was so amazing. He had two years of like 2,000 yards combined, and he's God. Listen, their best fucking wide receivers in history are Steve Smith, uh, Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, I think uh, Mark Clayton, and Jacoby Jones. What's the prevalent thing from all those guys? They all they, they all yep. Yep, they weren't drafted by the Ravens. So, the the infamous, the opposite of receiver you is going up against the true receiver you. So, reverting it back to what we can expect from their offense going on Sunday, look, they're going to run a lot of 13 personnel. What is 13 personnel? Three tight ends, one running back sets. They're going to put out as many of their valuable assets they deem valuable, the tight ends, and as little as the wide receivers as possible, okay? Uh, especially with Mark Andrews in there. And they can run a lot of uh, – I don't know how much they've ran of 22 personnel, which is two tight ends, two running backs. But you can expect them to throw whatever at the wall that they deem is going to give them the best chance to win. And none of those things consist of their wide receivers, Okay. Like, simply put, like, literally nothing. They have zero game plan that says our wide receivers are going to help us win. So, with them looking to establish the run and pass the ball to their tight ends, what our defense is going to do is focus on throwing as many bodies into the middle of the field as you can expend. Throw as many resources as you're willing to into the middle of the field, load up the box, bring five-man fronts, whatever the hell, run blitz, pass blitz, pressure the quarterback, pressure the running backs because they want to get the ball established at the line of scrimmage. That sounds simple and cookie cutter, but Joe Burrow, we don't have to just focus on line of scrimmage production. We want to get that ball down the fucking field. They are not willing to do that. They don't want to do that if they don't have to. They want to pass the ball over the middle to their tight ends, okay? So what we want to do is load up the middle of the field, force them to pass to the boundary, which would, which whatever quarterback they have, and force them to throw it to wide receivers. So I know that was somewhat of a spiel there. Um, what are some of your outlooks of what our defense can do to defend this Ravens offense? Uh, I mean, like you said earlier on in the episode, the Baltimore Mark Andrews. I think <laughs> you just you got to stop it. And we we we've seen it with Lou. He's 
he's a wizard when he when it <clears throat> games like this. He's able to stop guys, and it's gonna be hard to stop a guy like that. But um, do you I'm, think we should double him straight up? You know, I I would say yes, but I want to see how that Sammy Watkins matchup turns out because just not like I'm scared of Sammy Watkins, but you look at it last week, Cam Taylor Britt would have had a really good game. And this is what sucks about being a defensive back is like you give up one or two big plays, you had a really bad game. And that's what happened with Cam Taylor Britt, like played good, but he gave up two reset. This is what his stats were for the game. He got two receptions for 79 yards and that was against Sammy Watkins. And Sammy had one catch for 47 and I believe one catch for 32 after that. So, yeah, just two two big plays. I'd definitely like to see how that side works. Make sure Sammy's staying in place, staying in his own, because you obviously don't want to – you don't want a guy like that taking the top off out of nowhere. And obviously it wasn't garbage – I'm more likely, you know, garbage time stats in a way, but still, uh, you don't you don't want that to get out of the way. And then, you know, Mark Andrews can just slice you up time in, time again. So you don't you don't want that to happen. But yeah, I think I think at, at some point we could. I mean, I don't. I mean, geez. I mean, am some... I hearing a Sammy Watkins sound alarm trick? Do we need to turn on the alarm for the Sammy Watkins? I mean, Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, at this point, I'm not. I feel like I'm not scared of Robinson. I'm oh, not. God, no. So it's like. He's it's, so bad. I just, I don't, I feel like Watkins <laughs> the guy. And you talked about it like, oh, if they could be that team to abandon outside, they would. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, if so, this is what's going to happen. They start, I feel like it's pretty simple too. If you start Huntley at quarterback, they're going to Andrews every play. If they start Anthony Brown, you, like you said, they might have a better chance that way because at least Anthony Brown's going to target a guy like Sam Watkins because I don't, I really don't see Huntley. Doing that, I mean, look at his stats. He's not he's not even had a 200-yard passing game, and maybe that'll change Sunday, but at the same time, it, it, you're betting on a lot in, in a playoff game for that to happen. So For sure. You know what? I A really important thing I want to add because I yep. kind of uncovered some layers there as you brought that up. I appreciate you bringing that up. What I think where the Ravens seem to be at right now is they have – to find something that works. So what's interesting is that Anthony Brown, no, he didn't find anything that worked with the wide receivers, but he tried. Like you said, Tyler Huntley, understandably, more knowledgeably, does not want to put the ball in harm's way throwing it to his wide receivers because that's what happens when you throw it to those Ravens receivers. Those XFL bum-ass receivers, they are that bad that you are putting the ball in harm's way, especially with Tyler Huntley because he ain't no world beater either. You know what I'm saying? So you almost get the fact of, hey, we got a young idiot in Anthony Brown that's going to throw the ball in harm's way like he did seven times 
against us last week. But the the upside is that we're going to get something that we have not been able to get in weeks. You know what I'm saying? This is me from speaking from a Ravens perspective. While Tyler Huntley is going to be a guy that's going to be more knowledgeable, going to make better decisions somewhat as a backup. I mean, we have low standards here, guys, okay? We're not talking Joe Burrow-level decisions. We're talking backup Tyler Huntley-level decision-making versus Anthony Brown. It's an interesting, like, you know, um, comparison and on how they're going to make their decisions on how they're going to choose to go a quarterback and how they're going to choose to attack this Bengals defense. Yeah, I agree. And and maybe maybe if – I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say maybe we'll see split packages between both of them. Who knows? But Oh, yeah. Lots I mean, of blitzes coming from Lou, bro. Yeah, so, I mean – it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I don't know I don't know why they haven't announced it yet. Um I guess they're just taking it with a grain of salt with that Tyler Huntley stuff, but do you yeah. think do you think Huntley's gonna suit up for this one? I know yes, he'll suit up. He will certainly suit up. I I really don't know, bro. Like like I said, because I think all this stuff is really valid. If I'm in the Ravens perspective. I've already said everything, you know, I've already justified why I think Anthony Brown should start. And I just did again, you know, just a minute ago. So thinking with what they're going to do, if they do the right thing, I think that consists of starting Anthony Brown. I don't know. Maybe they start Huntley for a couple of drives. And they feel like, look, the Bengals need to get the ball first. Because when we've got the ball first, bro, we're 9-0. and because we've scored seven times on our opening drives when we get the ball first. So imagine where the Ravens are down by two scores heading into the Ravens' third or second drive. You know what I'm saying? What do you do if the Ravens have fucking four yards of passing offense and they're entering their third drive? Do you say, you know what, we're going to go with the young dumbass who's willing to throw the ball and maybe it'll stick in Anthony Brown? Or – we're just destined to go down for our good old 13 to 14 points like usual. I don't know. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on all that. It's 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 different, and I don't know if you saw, I think John Harbaugh was asked about the Lamar Jackson tweet, and I think he said, like, he didn't know anything about it. A lot of Completely oblivious. Yeah, like a lot of, a lot of Ravens fans were mad about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I – you know, I, I feel like if if I'm John Harbaugh, you would think that they would start Tyler Huntley. Um but yeah, man, I, I don't I don't think they they probably don't have any confidence in Anthony Brown. I mean, yes, like you, you pointed out, he had more more passing yards than than what they've had so far. Long so, time, bro. Since so, the Jags game, I think, is the most passing yards they've had in the game. Right, so so it gives them confidence. I mean, you know, you you can hopefully get get that going earlier on, and maybe that's their hope and belief is that they can they can get the passing game going earlier on versus late, like they did last week. But yeah, I mean, if you're John Harbaugh, if, if you can suit up Tyler Huntley, I think they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I think that's what's what what happened, but in the case. Um, you know, they can always put Anthony Brown in if things get bad, but yeah. I mean, and yeah. I think that'd be interchangeable if they choose to start Brown too. 
Right. Else, it looks horrible. Um, yes. A couple more quick stats I want to add. Look, Tyler Huntley's been averaging two turnovers a game since he's came in. So, like I said, an important measurement here is when we were comparing the two, I didn't want you guys to take it as if, like, Tyler Huntley's some legitimate dude that can threaten us, like, for real. Yes, as a quarterback and an NFL player, absolutely he can. But this ain't no world beater. Two turnovers a game is not viable for him. Um, it's really bad. Um, but look, man, our defense, the past three full games we played, we have had 10 turnovers. 10 on defense, bro. Mm. Like, we have been getting the fucking football. Getting to the football. And you have a lot of opportunities to do that this week, man. They're going to be there. So, wow. I'll summarize the, the Ravens offense versus Bengals defense. Um, I got- let me, oh, I'm let me sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, let me interrupt because I got a good stat to back up what you were just no, saying. Yeah, go ahead, bro. So, yeah, so Tyler Huntley talking about our defense and takeaways. So Huntley, I pulled these stats from PFF the last two years, right? From last season, this season, um, eight games started for Tyler Huntley um, over over the span of these stats. Um, I think he probably played in like 15 total, but these are games started eight. So. Under pressure, the last two seasons in eight games, Tyler Huntley has thrown two touchdowns, three interceptions, but he only has 313 passing yards. Oh, wait, wait. I, I Sorry. Two touchdowns, three interceptions was his stats for this year, I, I think. Oh, okay. okay. So, so under pressure the last two seasons, eight games, 313 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. So – not sexy stats. Eight games. That, I mean, really bad. Really bad. Just mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, obviously, Anthony Brown being a rookie is nothing better. Um, look, like I said, going back to the summary, Ravens offense, we know it. They live with the tight ends in the run game. That run game, it's a good run game. Um, their, their offensive line got – ate the fuck up from our D-line, which was extremely promising. Look, Ronnie Stanley has not been the same dude since he came back from the really bad ankle injury. Um, But he had the worst game of his career. He allowed two sacks and a um, strip fumble for recovered for a touchdown in 18 pass-blocking snaps against Trey Hendrickson. That is like... I'd burn the tape against Trey Henderson if I'm Roundy Stanley. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, I just got destroyed. So they're going to establish that run game, and they're going to have some success because they're really good at it, okay? Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown do not run the football like um, Lamar, and they don't try to do it either. So don't worry a ton about RPOs, but I will preface uh, they may get creative because they know everything, you know, they got to try to have something stick. So they may. The guys do not run a lot like Lamar. Um, defense, cog, clog, stack up, whatever the fuck you want to do to get that middle of the field contained and under control because that's where they want to work. These quarterbacks that are inexperienced, Anthony Brown much more inexperienced than Tyler Huntley's inexperienced ass, they want to throw to the middle of the field to their reliable targets that are not a wide receiver. So Lou is not going to double Mark Andrews. 
it sounds nice. It sounds like a logical thing, or maybe he does at times. But you know what I heard? What I love, bro? Drop eight. Drop eight on these fucking, you know, young QBs. Imagine how confused they get when they're not, when they don't feel inclined to run the football either. With the spies that we have, bro, with the weapons that they have, that is a recipe for immense success. So do that. Get home. Load up the box. Blitz out the ass. And And you win. And you know what's crazy? We talked about it last in last week's podcast. Like, I, I really just I don't think the Bengals gave the Ravens anything this week in terms, no. of, in terms of game planning. Like I, I know that okay, we've we, you can say like yeah, these teams pretty much know everything about each other. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor and Luana Rumo, something in that playbook that the Baltimore Ravens don't know about, and the same yeah. thing with the Ravens. So. I mean, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Same with them. It's both sides. Right. So I mean, that, that, that's what's the great thing about football. But yeah, man, I I think I think this is going to be a game where lose main priority and focus gonna be confusing the hell out of the quarterback. Boom. That's job number one. If you, can, if you confuse the quarterback, and and I know, I I compared it last like the Ravens game from what they had to the Panthers game. And like, if you shut down the quarterback, Panthers game, like it was just it was easy recipe. That's like literally just damn. Shut down the the second string backup quarterback, and yeah, that is a really similar team. I like that comparison. Yeah, backup quarterback, good run game. Yep, receivers were even better. You know, yep. weapons were way better on the fucking Panthers. And uh, nah, I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the best. So I, I can't say that. We'll say same weapons because DJ Moore is pretty good. Whatever. And a respectable defense. This Ravens defense is certainly better, even though Panthers was good. But yeah, yeah bro, like you're saying, confuse the quarterback. There is not a better fucking defensive mind in the league that is at confusing quarterbacks right now than Lewin or Rumo. I mean, we confused Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. We're going to confuse Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown, okay? <laughs> so if anybody's worrying, like, oh, no, man, maybe their run game gets off, hey, Lou's going to do his fucking thing, bro. All right, so we'll go ahead and hop to the other side. Bengals O versus Ravens defense. The fun shit, the hype shit, the dirty shit, the chippy shit, whatever the fuck people want to say. Look, I don't think what they were doing was dirty, like, I, I kept thinking about this this week. What is defined as dirty? Because, you know, you know what it reminds me of, bro? Like, basketball, is it a flagrant or a technical? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was no flagrant shit. Uh, I mean, I guess if they wanted to get, you know, exaggerative and shit, it's not in Jamar's DNA to, like, flop. But, you know, if Jamar would have flopped when Roquan would have hit him, like, dead ass, bro. Damn, they dude, they could have had a first down. Now I'm thinking about it. Imagine that. Because right. that would have been unnecessary roughness. Automatic first down. Damn. Thinking about that shit now. Jamar's bum at He better be ready to fucking flop next time. <laughs> that shit was nothing major. But lots of, bringing the basketball term again, technical type shit going on. They want to keep it chippy? All right. We'll keep it fucking chippy. You know how well, you know what the defense was talking like after the game. 
you know, what the offense was talking like about the game. And you probably heard about how the Ravens were saying. They think we're pussies, bro. Because we're speaking up about their little fucking bullshit. Why are they acting like the way they're acting? Because they know they're the fucking underdog. Bitch. That's why. They're being little bitches. And it just, like, it makes no sense. Like, a lot of fans are still in the dark about it. But, like, how do you have that much confidence? Like, I know if I was a fan of another team, I wouldn't have that much confidence if I was going up against Joe Burrow. Like, you, you know what, bro? The pulse that I've gotten this week, though, is about as extreme as I feel like I would see it. Like, unless if I was, like, a TCU fan going into, like, a fucking Georgia game last week, you know, this past Monday, it's like, look, dude, I have heard very few Ravens fans predict that they're going to win. Like, off the – I can only count maybe one or two, but those types of dudes are speaking from pure tenacity and energy and saying, we're going to find a way to kick your fucking ass. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Find a way. But where are you going to find it? That's what I tell them. Like, where are you going to – look, can it happen? Look, this is playoff football. Absolutely. And I want to let everybody know because I have been on my shit lately. Um, I was extreme with the Panthers game because I don't hate many people, but there's not many players in this league I dislike and leaning towards hate than Mac Jones. McCorkle, Mac and Cheese, bum-ass boy, Grace now and have an ass Jones. But then the Ravens came up. So people are like, man, you're talking too much shit. And I get it. I sound arrogant, and it is sounding a bit arrogant. I'm like, beat me then. Beat me. Then I'll be humbled because I haven't fucking lost the last time, what, since Halloween? Michael Myers came to town, and it turned out I'm Michael Myers now. (laughs) So, you know, I'm saying, though, like, bro, Michael Myers came into – that was about to come out so bad. I won't say that. He, He embodied us now. We are Michael Myers. We're about to Michael Myers the fucking Ravens, bro. So I have not heard fans talking that crazy. Talk to him. Bro, that that was actually kind of fire, that Michael Myers shit. I may have to cut that. Oh, I was uh, thinking about it. I was already thinking about it. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, so look, it was getting chippy. And we like it that way because when it's got chippy with us before – We've won, bro, every fucking time. Because look, dude, don't get emotional against Joe Burrow. Don't. Yeah. Don't do it. He will rip your fucking heart out. Don't do it. He's not going to flinch. He's not going to flinch. You want to be the hype dude like Roquan barking people's faces? Get fucking loud. And hey, listen, he played well. He's a really good linebacker. So I'm not just speaking from energy and shit like, oh, He's a bitch, whatever. He's a good fucking player. That's a good defense. It is. But you want to get too far into your emotions, bro, you're going to get killed. It's going to lay you the fuck out. Jamar's going to rip your heart out. These guys are going to do it because Jamar, he gets a little uh, silly, I'd say, after plays because he's not dirty. He's the type of dude, the epitome of, like, the Chiefs to Justin Reed. You know, money on the flow. You know, shit like that, throwing the money. But he he's not a dude to get up in a player's face and yell and scream. You know what I'm saying? He's just going to look you in the fucking eyes. That's what both him and Joe do. They look at you and smile. <laughs> Why? 
because they're saying, I've already got your heart in my fucking hand. Just wait till I walk away from you. It's coming out of you. Fucking rip it out. Like Michael Myers. We're the Cincinnati Michael Myers, bro. They're the Baltimore Mark, Mark fucking Andrews. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that might have to be our prediction tonight. Yeah. I mean, well, th- there were some things that I wanted to get into with the Bengals offense and Ravens defense. I actually wasn't. I'm not. Cooking. I, no, I'm not rushing into. I'm just saying we. That, oh, that, yeah. That might have to be the predictions for tonight. We might. Have to- Shit, yeah. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm catching on your wave now. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, that's a great fucking prediction. You're right. Like we are Michael Myers <laughs> and they are Mark Andrews. Well, you're a person and I'm immortal and I'm Michael Myers. So yeah. we know how that happens every fucking time. Exactly. Um, look, bro. So finally into the X's nose. <clears throat> yes, we kept it vanilla as fuck. It was actually, it was funny. No, we didn't hear the specifics and T will never give them. You know, I'd love to hear like a T interview in the off season or something or something like talk about this in hindsight. Now that it's gone just on how quote unquote vanilla their plays were. He said sh- straight up. He's like, bro, we weren't even running plays. Like, what were you doing? Like, was it like, yo, bro, run a go. Like, just run fours or threes or trips. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever the fuck, whatever those simple concepts are. But like you said, bro, we're vanilla. Both teams were vanilla. Sorry, I got the hiccups right now. But so, both teams were vanilla, not showing anything much. And it was cool to kind of get professionally reinforced from Brian, our OC, Saying, yeah, you know, we kept it really vanilla and likely knowing we're going to see him next week. Yeah, coach. Nah, you were telling him to just run a route, weren't you? You were pulling <laughs> some Chad Johnson shit in the huddle, bro. I don't know if y'all ever saw those videos back in the day. There were fucking mics up, mic'd up from Chad saying, what, what route am I running, Carson? Carson's like, just running out, bro. He's like, okay. And he like cooks the dude and like goes like 30, 40 yards. Is it like that? Like, Hey, can I run this? Like, no, don't run that. Like, run this or whatever the fuck. It's going to be a lot different this weekend. Um, Look, a lot of people really liked that we were in empty last week. I do not see that happening much this Sunday. I do not see that. We have almost completely abandoned empty, at least compared to the league. Because uh, it's all still in, like, the 20% range for the league, 30, sometimes 40, whatever. And we've been like bottom fives in handful of weeks. We don't run it. We run it. We've just been able to operate differently, you know, with the traditional running back in an I formation with Joe, you know, and we've just ended up working out a shotgun, running more RPO stuff. Look, it's a good Ravens defense, man, and a good run defense. Okay. They got linebackers that can crash down. They're fast, they're instinctual really high, highly instinctive players that can detect where the ball's at and have good pursuit. That's why it was hard to get shit going on the outside and of the run game overall last week. And I think people got to be prepared. That may look a little similar. Hopefully better. Because you got to have more than 22 rushing yards from Joe Mixon. You got to. Or 24. But it's good Ravens defense, man. Roquan's a really good player. I know for how much people are not liking him right now, he's really good. You got to respect that talent. Patrick Queen has really helped a lot with Roquan as well. Um, it's kind of like the compliments of Logan and Jermaine. Like one of them together or individually, yeah, they're really good. But when you have both, 
it's like, holy fuck, it opens a new dimension. That's how Queen has been. Got to give respect to that. Marcus Peters um, is a grandpa. Um, he's probably sleeping at like 7 p.m. right now, like a grandpa. Um, he's super old, not the same dude. He's a Trayvon Diggs wannabe that's just out of date, and he's like stale bread. Uh, he's had one pass, pass breakup <laughs> since week six. Um, let me work Mark Peters, bro. Let me work Mark. Marky Mark. And then fucking Marlon. Marlon the Fish Humphrey. Um, he's really good, so I can't really talk a ton of shit. But And their safeties, Kyle Hamilton's fine. He's a fine young player. Uh, Marcus Williams is good. It's a good defense, bro. Like, dead ass. Like, I've been hearing uh, valuable insiders that are way smarter than me talking about how this is likely going to be the best defense we face till the Super Bowl if we make it. I expect us to make it. And I agree. It's a good defense. They're going to run a lot of cover, too. Shells. 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 What's that, people? They're not going to let anything get over your head. But how do you eliminate that? Get the run game going. That's why they're good, though. They can protect against the run. So I was going on a long spiel there, bro. I'm sorry. So No, you're good. How do you see our offense operating against this Ravens defense? I I think I think they are just gonna go right at the X. I think they're gonna have I agree. Burrow go straight at them. I don't I don't think there's gonna be any ifs, ands, or buts. Um and as long as you're not turning the ball over, I mean you're fine and Burrow knows like he can't exactly right. Don't turn the fucking ball over. Yeah, and Bur- Burrow knows like right now, it ain't, it ain't that time to start doing that. So if he if he sees something he doesn't like, he's not gonna make that throw. Um, exactly right. Don't risk it. Yeah, and you know, you know, if you get ahead that way, and this is the way I look at it, if you get a, if you get ahead in that way, where you're just passing on them, then you open up a game for the Ravens where it's like okay. Your most feared guy is Mark Andrews, right? Who's your next feared guy? J.K. Dobbins. So you can't even J.K. Dobbins almost at that point. If if you got Joe Burrow, who's just freaking going nuclear on them, just throwing right at their heads, like I mean, you're not gonna be able to run with J.K. Dobbins. You're not gonna be able to get like a run game. You're gonna pretty much be passing, passing, passing. I mean, maybe run to get something established, but. Yeah, that, that's what, like, when we talked about the quarterback situation, like, if if the Bengals get up two scores early and you have to rely on a guy like Tyler Huntley oh. to score, score you two straight touchdowns when they're not even putting up that many points per game with him. So uh, uh, 11, or uh, sorry, 12 points per game in the last uh, six games. Right, so, yeah, like, Joe Burrow could, like, just Crazy numbers. Make Joe Burrow could like, and that's the thing. Joe Burrow come down first drive like it's nothing. Get a tutty and then exactly right. Let them get second. behind the sticks. Right, come down. The I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro. I just really want to ask you this because I want to <laughs> hear your opinion. Yeah. Do you like, and especially with the premier cornerback, do you like how we attack a premier corner? as soon as we can early in the game, one-on-one, once we get them there on, like, a deep ball. Do you like that? Oh, I love it. Yeah, Bro, I love do it. you want them to do that this game against Marlon? Uh, so – Set the tone? Yeah, I think I think they were letting Marlon kind of get in his in his feels last week, make him feel good, you know. That, I agree, bro. I hated that shit. 
yeah, I, th- I think they're they're making him feel good. And I think come this Sunday on prime time, lo- strap it up because it, it don't matter if it if it's T or if it's Jamar on either side. We saw T burn Xavier Howard this year. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see something like that again. Hey, he needs it, bro. I mean, T, he had his worst game of his career, I think. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, it was a game – I don't think people realize that. Like, I looked at his stats and eye tests. Eye tests may not have completely showed it because, yes, the stats would look a ton different if Joe doesn't throw that insanely rare just overthrow when he was wide open on the beautiful fucking route concept, which you can't run this week again. You ruined it. You're ruining it with a bad fucking throw by Joe. But T had seven targets, one catch for seven yards. You drop the deep ball, you drop another pass, and you had a wide open ball that you could have had for like 45 yards. Mm. So he definitely has a game he wants to forget. And to give more respect to this Ravens defense, bro, I I agree with what you're saying. You're spitting about Marlon getting comfortable. You do not want a guy like Marlon Humphrey to get confident. Because he's a really, really good fucking player, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't want that dude to get super confident because the last thing you want is, like, a little stink-stink scenario. A little stink of Fitzpatrick action going on. And a dude's getting confident and he's making the right moves. Then he makes a right move for them. And it's detrimental to us. You don't want to see a Marlon Humphrey interception. I'm, I'm not trying to speak negativity. I'm just speaking conceptually. Right. So... How you avoid that is go at him early and beat him early. You got to beat him. You can't be overthrowing passes. And, dude, Jamar, he's been getting held a lot, bro. We know it. He's just got to find a way to come down with these fucking deep balls, man. It has been beyond this Chris Worley play this past Sunday, bro. It has been... It's been hard to watch, and that's crazy coming from the best quarterback-receiver duo in the league of it has been hard to watch Joe to try to work with Jamar on deep balls the past four or five games because he's been getting held a ton, because he's been getting – he has not been getting the calls. They've been falling incomplete. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like It's been at least eight throws. That's like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Drop. What the fuck? Drop, overthrow, underthrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yes, sometimes I'm not saying Jamar is always perfect and he's so dominant. He's being held every single play on every single route. But most times he is. He's got to find a way, man. Cause like, we just, we got to come down with these contested catches. It's Jamar chasing T. Higgins. I know they're being held. But to, to wrap up my point, man, the last thing you want to see is a deep ball shot on a first drive a third and six, they the Ravens feeling confident. They go in a single high coverage. They bring blitzers, and they go man-to-man. It's a deep ball to Jamar, and Marlon Humphrey holds a bit, makes enough of a play, and they're feeling themselves making them go three and out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't I, want that. I would love to see a, a – like, I would love to see Jamar Chase's dream board right now because, like, you know, he, he didn't – obviously – in the season, in a way, he wanted. I'm sure he wanted 1,200 yards, touchdowns, you know, all that. But 
Mm-hmm. You know, obviously injuries, riddle him and and all that. But I'm sure Jamar's gonna want to come out this postseason and and go crazy. I I would love to see a historic postseason out of Jamar Chase. I think that would be the perfect time to get sparked up and, and going. And you know, Saw it last year. I, I really I really think they'll work out their kinks. It's it's not something that I'm worried about. I think I think for the the short term it's something that they're gonna have to just deal with and, and they dealt with it really good. They're winning football games without having to to kill teams deep, you know, like they they can they, they can have Jamar turn you know, turn around on a curl route and and fifteen yards and, and move the chains and get downfield they don't have to rely on a 60 yard deep ball which is nice but yeah you you love to see those plays and it'll it'll work it out i i i'm firmly confident oh yeah i agree like like the way that joe joe and t can still go deep and, and same with tb i mean tb can still go deep so i mean these guys what what better way to get going and getting started than than in the playoffs and Gosh, man, what what a run would it be? Like, you know, you you got to go through Baltimore, and then you know, obviously it's hypothetical, hypothetical, but you know, what what if you got to go through Buffalo and Kansas City, and you Great, do? They're gonna hate us, bro. The I know. NFL's gonna hate us. I know, and, and that's the thing. That's the perfect. <sighs> We're really Michael Myers in the NFL, bro. Like, I tweeted. I, I I fucking want it though, and, and that's the thing. We want the smoke, bro. Like we don't, we don't want to go play against the the freaking Dolphins. We want to play Buffalo. We want to play Kansas City. So, bring it, like. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, bro. I'm tweeting right now. We are the Michael Myers of the NFL. They <laughs> wanna eliminate us. Let's see, eliminate us, but we keep killing. <laughs> I guess I'll just add that. Guys, I'm not a killer. Don't worry. I just love the energy and hype around Michael Myers, okay? I don't know, guys. It's 1 a.m. here, so he might he might be. I mean, he's chilling True. out. It's suspect hours. Chilling out in parking lots in the dark, <laughs> recording podcasts. So. Cops pulling me over. What the fuck you doing? Did you yeah. kill the cop, man? I did. Wrapped Thanks. them both up. Am I incriminating you? No, did you see the Jesse Bates thing where uh he said um that that man can have a body in his basement? <laughs> like Oh when? Did he say that again? He said it on the Believe in Bengals podcast this week. Um, God damn, he always says that shit, bro. He said that like two or three times, but look. Okay, no, he doesn't. Obviously. But yeah, you understand. I think we all understand. It's just it's Joe under pressure, man. It's literally almost one perspective makes it think makes one think that he's psycho. Literally. Like right. his just level of calmness, coolness under pressure, control. Control is the big thing. You can act cool under pressure. Like Andy Dalton acted cool under pressure. That dude's the biggest bitch under pressure of all time. I'm sorry. <laughs> like he just is like, do we have to go through his primetime records? You know what? Let's just include playoff games. The dude is five and 25 in primetime games, including playoffs. And the stats have to be horrible. Not to diss on Andy anymore. I love him as a man, but we're talking about traits under pressure. 
Jesse Bates may be convicted that this man indeed has a body in his basement. He doesn't, but he's just fucking Himothy. So it's like, bro, he's just so calm under pressure. And um, that's what's going to make this fucking Super Bowl run so epic, man. Like when the NFL showed us, we do not want you guys to win. We told you indirectly. Of course, they can never tell the Bengals directly. But they gave us the short end of the stick again. And just a preface, as I always do. I'm not saying that as a bitch or a victim. It's just fucking facts. What are they going to do when we overcome it again? And we win that bowl. And we beat that team. The darling, the Eagles. The darling 49ers. Oh, God. God forbid we beat the darling Cowboys. Wise words of Mr. Mike Tomlin. We do not care. Ah, that's fucking legendary right there. I can't believe I'm we're giving that much credit to Mike Tomlin, but indeed, bro, we <laughs> do not care. Exactly. Got to add the extra verber. We do not care. I understand, bro. That's right. So, and we're not going to care how we fucking body the Ravens this weekend. You ready to get into these predictions, bro? Let's do it. All right. So, uh, look, man, off top. I can see this game going a lot similarly score-wise to last week. Yep. Of course, how things transpired was kind of weird. You know, you had that the other uh, – let me think about it really quick, actually. Uh, what was it? The Browns game, Bucks. What game did – Bucks? wait, so it was Buccaneers, Patriots, Bills, Ravens, right? What are you talking about? I'm talking about our, our final four games of the season. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to come around to my point here. Our final four games of the season, Bucks, Patriots, what would have been Bills, uh, Ravens? Yep. Okay. The reason I mentioned that is because talked about this in Twitter spaces. The last three full games we played, obviously not including Bills, we have had three dominant halves, three horrible halves. The weirdest part about these past three full games is how extreme each side has been. You are down 17-0 in, in Tampa to Tom Brady. On the surface, 95% of people think certainly an L coming. I did not, but conceptually, horrible first half, dominant second half, five turnovers, unlike anything I've ever seen from this team. Dominance, one horrible, one great half. Patriots game you put up numbers that Bill Belichick has never seen in his fucking career as a coach you dominate that much in the first half you shit the bed and we're saved yeah I use that word not lightly saved by a defensive turnover at the end of the game one great half one horrible half the Ravens a little bit different because it was week 18 but I think the trend is something to stay notable on dominant first half Shitty second half. 0-8 oh, on your last eight third downs against the Ravens. Like I said, of course, we were keeping it vanilla in the second half, just getting out of there. But you know what I'm saying? That trend is there. We got to get rid of that shit, bro. Yeah. I like, won. yeah. So, like, I, I get why if people have some skepticisms right now, because that is not the quality of this team. We are an elite team that plays 60 minutes of quality football, not 30, all right? This is a Ravens team that is notorious always, especially right now, for getting under the ops skin. 
They are a team that is not as talented as us. We all know it. They fucking know it. But because of the standard there, the belief there, in that Baltimore locker room, and that franchise, they believe that they are always worthy. And they put themselves in situations, you got to give them credit, that you think they should not be in. And the last thing you want to see is this much inferior Ravens team. I'm not speaking pessimistically. pessimistically. I'm just speaking rationally. The last thing you want to do is to give this Ravens team any signs of life. So come out hot. Get started fucking early. And yeah. combine that with my predictions. I think we will do enough of that. Enough of it. It may not be perfect. It will not be. This is going to be the best defense we see till the Super Bowl. Because we're going. We're going to be facing the fucking 49ers. I already said it. So, you got to be ready. I think we're going to do enough. I come out with the score to be 30-16. to 16. Kudos to the Ravens, man. Wow. That's the most points they're scoring in eight weeks to, the, to end the season. Got to give them credit. Thank you. Yeah, I that's crazy because my, my prediction, I know you're, you're going to probably get in the players and stuff, but yeah, mine was actually very similar. I, I don't remember what mine was last week. It's I think mine was super similar to what mine is this week. Might even be the same. Yeah, I got I got it 30-17. So that's nice. My prediction. I think it's gonna be another another somewhat like last week. Yeah, but I think they're gonna hit 30 this week. I think big 30. Um that's what that's what apparently Pac-Man was calling Jesse Bates big 30. So I guess that's that's his name. Yeah. Man. Yes, sir. I yeah. mean, what a game by Jesse last week, man. I mean, two turnovers. It, first time in his career to have two turnovers in a game. It's awesome to see, bro. Like, I, I can't believe it. The fact that he's been able to to do that. I mean, last year we, we knew with the contracts and, and stuff like that, like how it affected him. And, you know, it came out how it affected him. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now that you see him thriving, it's nice to it's nice to finally see. Yep, absolutely, man. And um, you hope that thriving success continues with the defense, and I think it will. Because here's what I got for some of my player stats. Um, I put this is important, Anthony Brown question mark because I don't fucking know. All right, whoever quarterback, you can implement both of them in there. I'm giving these guys some credit here. So for all you fuckers that say. I don't actually take it this personal. I just mess around with it a lot. They're like, you predict us to win every fucking week. Well, what the fuck? Am I going to predict us to fucking lose in a playoff game now? No. Hey. But, hey, you guys got to give me credit because I'm predicting these guys to put up some of the best passing numbers they have in two months. Okay? So, so 21 for 40, 52% completion percentage. For them, that's good. For 203 yards, Two picks, no tutties. Um, no tutties for you. Gus Edwards, uh, 14 rushes, one reception, pretty much 15 touches for him, 73 total yards. JK going to be pretty similar except with three more rushes, so 17 rushes, one reception, uh, 78 yards. So that's going to be 150-plus yards between them both. It's about what you expect. Good run game, establish some screen passes. They don't run a ton of them. But you can see that working a bit for him. Uh, Mark Andrews, look, seven receptions, 83 yards. He He's going to get his. But you, 
you are going to take that. You're going to take 83 yards and seven receptions. That means that he's not completely cutting you up on each catch like Travis I'll, Kelsey shit. I'll take I'll take that any day of the week. Absolutely. And then another important emphasis here, receiver one question mark, because I don't fucking care who their receiver one is. They might as well sign Terrell Owens. <laughs> they should get him. He may be their best guy. Or Chad would actually Chad would never do that. He'd be like, fuck Baltimore. Um, or shit, TJ Hoosman's on it. He played his last year with the Ravens and maybe can run it back. Question mark. Three receptions, 34 yards for their whoever the fuck receiver. Um, then the Bengals side. We're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up. Um, of course, shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's always left on the table. Uh, but it was pretty apparent that there were clear crazy missed opportunities from Joe that typically do not happen. Joe does not miss throws. It's so funny not to get sidetracked, but quick point. I don't know if you heard the interview this week, Brian uh, OC was talking about, he was saying it was actually funny just seeing it in real time of how him and all the coaches reacted when Joe missed that wide open throw, because of course it sucked that he missed the wide open throw. I was pissed the fuck off too. But it immediately came back to, holy shit, we're complaining about one missed throw. We're so spoiled because he doesn't miss fucking throws. Right. right. He doesn't miss throws, bro. It's either a drop or defended good by a defensive back. You know, so it's like he was just saying how in that moment they all realized, like, holy fuck, we're so spoiled. Like when this dude misses one throw, right? Ah, you know, it's like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah. This quarterback for the Ravens is going to miss fucking 10. And that's not Joe Burrow. Bringing it back with the Joe Burrow stats. He's going to throw for 313 yards on 31 for 34. Not 31 for 34. 31 for 44 in three tutties. Because that deep ball that was a miss to T won't be a miss. No. It'll be a score. And like I said, there's a nuance to everything. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Maybe there's a drop. Maybe that Jamar catch doesn't get caught, but I'm telling you, that third and 10 missed to Trent Irwin where he got open and Joe threw a bad pass. Mm-hmm. That overthrow to Hayden Hurst. The two the two drops by T. Higgins where he was open. Two or three of those are going to hit. The stats are going to go up, and I think Joe's going to hit three hundo. Um, I mean, wasn't wasn't he like 24 or 42 last week? Like, it was just one of 25, his... 25, yeah, for 42. Yeah, just one of his worst games. But at, at some yeah. When you see that, that's awesome to see because it's like, well. Yeah. Exactly. We're like, damn, that's such a bad game. The Ravens are like, woohoo! 200 <laughs> yards! Right. Hey! I mean, even with Lamar, bro, he wasn't hucking that bitch like crazy. Um, but Joe Mixon, um, look, I've already been saying it. I just think people got to be prepared. It's a really good run defense for the Ravens. And look, we passed the ball. I'm not saying go stupid and go Bucks level and never run it. We're not going to do that. But I don't think people need to be banging their head against the wall if Joe Mixon doesn't get 21 rushes this game. I predict 15 rushes for Joe. Seven receptions. Get that ball out. Force those linebackers to stay disciplined and come to the line of scrimmage. Because as soon as you do, you're going to be tempted to go into a cover one shell, and I will fucking ruin your life. Okay? So. 22 total touches for Joe, 93 yards and tutty. Um, Jamar, he's going to do his thing. 
seven receptions, 104 yards, and a tutty. It's funny because I predict T to do literally about the same exact thing. Seven receptions, 100 yards, and a tutty. So pretty much identical. Um, in TB, six for 64. Uh, it's going to be a grueling game. It's division. Third time we see the team. But we're just flat out better. Show that. Show that in every quarter. That you're just flat out better. And uh, make this bum-ass team go home. And, uh, you know, realize that they are going to be without Lamar Jackson next year. And, uh, you know, move on to the divisional round. Yeah, so, so you think that's happening? You think Lamar is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have lots of time to talk about that. Um, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And that's going to be right. some really fun topics we that's can good. have. Yeah, that's a good teaser. Sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. This was a long episode, man. Um, I'm really surprised I had this much energy at fucking 1 a.m. Yeah, I, my people. We're recording at 1 a.m. because we're committed to you. <laughs> yeah, I looked at the time. I was like, damn, I, I don't know how I'm not more tired than this. I'm tired, but I'm not <laughs> as tired. You're talking about what you love, man. Yes, sir. Whoa, shit. So, what what's your plans this weekend? Where are you? Where are you head? You headed to the family? What, what are you doing for the game? I will be. Oh, this is actually interesting. I'm glad you brought this up because uh, I would love to maybe figure something out with you on this. I am pulling up to tailgate. I'm not going to the game. I already oh. have some plans outside of the game. I plan to pull up at the tailgate. Zim's going to be there. Yaz, some prominent Bengals figures for anybody that listens to this episode. They happen to be in Cincinnati and maybe want to meet myself, Zim, some other Bengals personalities. Um, Drake, if you decide to pull up, uh, Bengals, Jim's tailgate, um, it's going to be fucking live. Look, it's playoff time. So I plan to pull up there before the game. I plan to leave there around like 6.45, though. I know it's kind of early because, like, people aren't going to be going to the stadium till like, 7, probably. Actually, that won't be too bad. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, bro, that's my plans pregame. You know, go hang out for a bit at the tailgate. Get a little crunk, you know, with the people. You know, get to, uh, you know, see them again, meet, you know, other people. Um, and, yeah, then watch the game at my mom's. So, um that's what I plan to do, but yeah, bro. If if you want to pull up, I think it'd be a cool opportunity to do so. Yeah, for sure. I've been trying to find people for tailgating. Damn, bro. Like this this game, man. I, I actually I recently started going tailgating two games ago. I, t- I told people, damn, I've never been tailgating. Ever really? Since. And yeah, it's it's been best experience of my life. <laughs> That's I awesome, think it's man. oh, I think it's just it's fun the the energy down there. It's you can't you can't match. Tailgate's amazing, man. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah and I, like think about it. this is rare, man. Like yeah. you know, this is going to become much more common, right? But this is not normal, bro, for us to be experiencing a home playoff game, right? At least lately. Yeah, and I mean, God, man, this, the possibilities are are endless for for us over the next few years and i hope i hope for good measure i hope joe burrow's playing until he's you know 40 years old so i mean that that would be i mean you obviously you want him to go out the right way and you know i hope you know i hope i hope he gets at least three rings i know i'm getting ahead of myself but dude it's gonna be the most beautiful thing man just seeing those fucking rings and 
I know. I, I heard Dan Horde say it yesterday and just how he said it, knowing who said it. Dan said it. The Bengals voice that I've listened to for a decade. Just him saying how he said it, of course, was the best thing. Because they were talking about how you know it was taken away from them, from Aaron Donald. But just hearing him say the Bengals rings, I'm like, oh, my God. Bro, like, we're just how he said, I was like, holy shit, we're, we're going to get a ring. Yeah. And it, dude, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to have that fucking orange and black on it. So everybody embody that for a moment. Oh my God, bro. What if we win a Super Bowl with Joe's like 41? Oh, bro. I, the best thing. It'd be like, wait, 2038. Ah, let's do it. 2038. You know, I, I have a, I have a feeling though, too. I feel like he's going to like win a Super Bowl, like right around like maybe 32. So this bull prediction. So we'll, we'll do this in 10 years plus. We'll, yep. we'll go I'll back. be on your ass in seven years, bro. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm out here thinking Joe Shiesty's, gosh, man. Shiesty's a little up there. He's an old man. Good man. He's 26. Fresh 26. Yeah. I mean, damn. I, Gosh, I wish he was 24. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it, it's going to be epic. And we're here, dude. Like, all the talk, all the disrespect, all the clapback, all the discounting, everything that we've heard, our playoff run, the flukiness. Um, let's put a fucking stamp on it, bro. Let's put a stamp on it with this team. I don't give a fuck what the excuses are. I don't fucking care. I'm getting a ring and I'm fucking ruthless. It's Michael Myers time, baby. Yes, sir. That Hey, all day, every day, Michael Myers for Mark Andrews. Like <laughs> you, you can't, you can't do nothing about it. So, yes, sir. I mean, gosh, bro, you, this game Sunday, I, I still can't believe it's an eight twenty game. I thought it was gonna be like one four, but me too, bro. Well, I think they knew that before it was cemented to not be Lamar. Uh, so, so you think you think, uh, yeah. So you think if if Lamar think right then and there that Lamar wasn't, I think they would have probably put it one or four. Oh yeah, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. I mean, yeah, like, why would you want to back up on prime time? Look, bro, they pushed the Bills to one p.m. because of Skylar Thompson. That uh-huh. sucks. Like, people don't want to watch Josh Allen at 1 p.m., you right. know? Like, they want to watch him in primetime if they can. So, like, if they would have known it was Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley, like, they would have pushed it back. But I know we're going really long here. But also, bro, the reality is I was thinking about this in the shower, shower hours. I was like, damn, maybe this is just them actually giving us, um, you know, since we had our Monday night taken away and – our Sunday night, bro. Think about that. We uh, had two fucking primetime games taken away from us. Obviously, completely different measures. That's a but, good perspective, bro. I didn't even like, you know yeah. what? I, stars align. I never would have, like, thought about that. Like, yeah, like the Bengals and Bills. Like, that was that was a tragedy that happened on Monday Night Football. And how are the odds that now in the first round of the playoffs, they're both going against backup quarterbacks? That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, shit. Damn. You are. Hey, you know, I think I saw somebody tweet about that because they said, you know what? They kind of get their buy. Of course, we're not discounting the op because we already talked all about it. But, yeah, bro, I mean, it's definitely a huge boost. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. Well, hey, man, this is a great fucking conversation tonight. A lot of uh, fun shit. I'm leaving the fucking cop segment in there. I should have kept recording, bro. Hey, you should have. But but at the same time, yeah, that you you can't cut that out. That's the perfect. Oh yeah, perfect. It's staying. Everything's staying. All this is staying. Um, look, guys, appreciate you for listening to the episode this long. Um, Drake's Drake's listeners coming from his side. Follow me. Yes, These things, listeners that don't follow Drake, I don't know why you're not. He's the dude. He posts amazing content. He's always up to date. He's on his shit. He's built an, an amazing culture following follow his motherfucking ass follow me if you don't follow me and uh let's fucking get ready for sunday bro yeah get that get that boy b thanks to 10k he's almost there so i know i know i'm building i'm getting there bro yes sir so i mean stay stay lit bro have a good weekend stay safe and if i see you down there at that tailgate we're taking a shot okay Oh no, oh no doubt, bro. I'm I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my little bottles with me. We'll figure it out. I'll talk to you, bro. For sure. I'll see you, bro. Peace. Yes, sir. Have a good night, y'all.